This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, today on the Illini Choir Podcast, let's catch up with our guy, Michael Tupel, Illini Choir basketball analyst, former Illini and Wright State basketball player, to talk about a really crappy performance by Illinois basketball. There's really no other way uh, to address it. 93-71, Missouri beats Illinois in the bragging rights game in a game that wasn't all that close, and Illinois has now lost four of five to Missouri. Dennis Gates' team looked locked in, uh, looked together on this one. Illinois, meanwhile... Uh, not any of that. Uh, the score was actually, Mike, I think closer than the game actually felt. But th- this is pretty jarring for this team, isn't it? I mean, I, I know we expected some ups and downs, but to go from UCLA, to go from Texas, and then have this kind of performance, uh, it's just jarring to, to see this. It was an embarrassing performance on, on all fronts, and there were two things, even after the Texas game, that we talked about and I mentioned them. The first thing was if you're going to be the team that is totally cool with getting down eight to 10, thinking that you can climb back in the games, you are going to get smacked in the mouth here soon. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. And then that was after a Texas win where you could easily be flying high, but I think we all knew that there were things that needed to be addressed. And then the second thing that I mentioned was cool. You got this high ceiling. You got a lot of potential. You got good players. There is never a guarantee, never a guarantee that you get close to that ceiling or that you reach that ceiling because there's still, like I said, an extreme amount of effort and cohesion and intellect that's required to win and to win at a high level and to sustain winning, especially when you have a lot of turnover with a team. So to me, the the effort looks circumstantial. It looks conditional. It looks like man, you, you slap a, a number next to that team's name, UCLA, Texas, we're going to give you a certain amount of effort. Um, we're going to absorb punches and blows a lot better against those types of teams because if we fight back, we know there's at least some sort of reward. We get a ranked win. You know, We can kind of galvanize this fan base. We can do X, Y, Z. But you see in these other games when they get punched in the mouth, when the reward may not be greater, right? Mizzou's not ranked. Penn State's not ranked. It it they wilt. That just that's just the fact of the matter right now. They wilt, and a lot of that to me, that's what I'm talking about. That circumstantial effort. What does that tell you, Mike? Like, I mean, that's that's pretty. I don't want to say damning, but that you know, if I'm if I'm a player on that team, I'm not happy about that. But it's true, right? Like it's it's like you know they show up for these big opponents. I'd even throw. Yeah. You know, Virginia there. They showed up for that game. Maryland, mm-hmm. I thought the effort was was there. They just, you know, ran into a buzzsaw, came back, fought back. Um, they they quit in this game, it felt like. Yeah, and it's, you know, who are you, right? The Are you going to play hard? And people talk all the time, right? Man, the fans that drove to see the game, you're wearing the orange and blue. Da, 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 da. Like, so that should equate to you playing hard. And that's true. 
and that should be a given. But you should be playing hard because you're on the floor. Like, you're playing. You're, you're in the game. You never had that problem with Andres Feliz. You never had that problem with Trent Frazier. You never had to worry about that with them. Because when they were on the floor, it wasn't, who are we playing? What's the score? Who's uh, It doesn't matter. We're playing hard. Every single time. And the problem is, some guys that have the athletic ability, have the length, have the versatility, you can get away with it. And they have gotten away with it. They, it's led to wins, big time wins, and we'll we'll get into adjustments and and things of that nature. But it's hard with with guys at that age when they get the results that they're getting, which is two top ten Ken Palm wins in the country. If you don't have guys that are they're totally dialed in to what's going on in that locker room, you can get kind of this false sense of self, and that's oh no no we're good shoot we just we could beat anybody. And I, I mentioned it early in the season. This team can beat anybody. But the caveat is always when they're playing the way they're capable of. Yeah. When they're playing hard. And when you don't do those two things, you can probably lose to anybody. Especially now. You get into the Big Ten play, I don't care who you're playing. They could lose to anybody when they don't play with that type of effort. Because the fact of the matter is, this is still a young team. It, young in the sense of literally young. And even the guys that have transferred in, they are new to this. And I t- I've talked about it time and time again. You cannot skip steps. You cannot skip steps. And this should be a, a wake-up call. I hate using – that's such a <laughs> BS phrase. I despise it. Like, oh, they needed a wake-up call. But at some point, you got to understand, like, your way isn't working. Yeah. And, and some guys have to see that. You can preach it. You can talk about it constantly. But if they think that they can get away with it, it's going to keep happening. And I'll stop there because we'll dive into other things, but – embarrassing it's embarrassing on all fronts and and they do they got a lot to fix i i refrain to go to most disappointing performance of the brad underwood era because i mean that's loyola chicago right um but regular season and the way this one happened this one's up there mike uh for for me um and i'm sure it is for for underwood just because missouri's missouri's an old team uh but they're not more talented than you Right, no. uh, and they just they just wiped you. Um, so for me, given what this team is capable of, given that this was an important game, you and I again called it a toughest game. They failed. They did, and and Mizzou beat you at your own game. They did. They cut off the ball. They ran some five out stuff with Kobe Brown. They got India defensively. They turned you over. They beat you on the glass. They beat you to loose balls. Like that has been a staple of Brad Underwood. And I know he mentioned after the game, his footprint, this team trying to get his footprint. Yeah, that wasn't there. And Penn State was the same thing. Penn State beat you at your own game too. I know they don't force as many turnovers, but the five out, the motion, the you know, the, the skill, I mean, that, that is something that this team should possess. And they just haven't. And it, it was an embarrassing loss because what frustrates you as a staff, and the staff isn't, you know, there's blame to go around. There's no question. Mm-hmm. And part of that's just understanding who your team is now and how you have to adjust. But if you're the staff, what frustrates you the most is not just the actual effort that's on display in the moment as you're coaching. It's, hey, when we go back to the film, I can't honestly grade this out because you're not showing effort. I, how, how can I grade out what is happening if you don't give the requisite effort? That's what, that's what we always talked about when I was at Illinois was – it was always tough to grade and watch film and see what's going on. How can we adjust? Because the first things first, you have to play hard. That's when you can give an honest assessment 
of what the heck's going on. Because then you're like, all right, if we play hard, does this change? Or do we overhaul and I have to adjust because my team won't play hard? And that that's what that's what makes it difficult. And that's why can I, can coaching's I, a tough job, man. Yeah, like, can I ask you a simple question, Mike? Sure. Because your your answer might be different than what a fan thinks or what I think. Like, what is your definition of play hard? Like, how do you how do you see that? There's got to be a certain level of desperation. Yeah. There's every possession, and right now, it, you know, their effort looks so reactive and results based. Man, I'll get into you when we score. I'll get into you when I get downhill and score at the rim. I'll get into you when I hit a three. I'll get into you because I'm pissed at the refs. Like, all of a sudden, they had this fire to them because there were a couple calls that maybe should have gone their way, but, shoot, they were getting blitzed. And I, 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 it's hard to describe because some of it is just – it's not tangible. Yeah. But when you watch Trent, when you watch Andres, you see it. Mm. And, look, what do those two guys have in common? They're undersized. And and it, it was the same thing when I had to play. Like, I had to play at a certain level every single possession because if I didn't, it was like, oh, this dude doesn't have length doesn't have the height oh and he does get get him out mm -hmm. like there's there's no plus to having me out there if i'm not playing hard and guys know that the guys that are undersized they have to learn that because it's survival for some of these other guys it's not survival and you have to learn it the hard way and i hope they're they're learning it the hard way and you can clearly see it when sincere harris comes in the game so that's a, that's another yeah. example of it um let, let's talk about this you said wake up call is this a wake up call for brad underwood i mean this is three bad power five games uh i would say in a row well texas was in there but you know three losses in a row where th this isn't working what, whatever he's saying whatever he's doing yeah. is not getting through to the team and, and he hinted mike about do i need to make adjustments like if, if this is a wake-up call for the staff in what ways do you think it is yeah i think for one you have to alter maybe what your perception was of this team going in and the five out the switching one through five Look, when you're switching one through five, there is a certain level of, we talk about the desperation, the effort, the communication. If you don't have that, switching one through five looks really bad. And it can hurt you in, in ways that that maybe are less than or more than if you were to just play this super conservative defense. Because at least when you're super conservative, you're limiting other things. You limit a lot when you switch one through five and you're engaged and you're talking and you're active. You give up a lot when you're not. So it's this kind of high-risk, high-reward type of defense. And if you're not going to play at that certain level, yeah, I'm not sure you can play that defense. And then, you know, to it, but even when you have switch one through four and you have Dane at the five, Dane's switching. Like, Dane jumps out on a switch and they get a layup. So, you know, it's a, it's a certain level of just guys look like they're kind of siloed off, kind of doing their own thing. And I think that goes back to, look, when you, when you deal with the portal – what's the incentive for a guy to come in and be like, oh man, this program means so much to me. I'm here for nine months. Stepping stone. Like that, that's what you're fighting as a staff is like, we want to get the talent. We want to bring them in. We want to compete. But how do we get this to mean something to somebody who's just not going to be here very long? And it's not like, Hey, we're building for the future. Like some guys can come in and be like point A to point B stepping stone, what I got to do. And then I'm out. And when those guys are your best players at times, it's it's trying to find a way to convince them, not just convince them. It's not like you're trying to coerce them into something, but it's like, hey, even when you go to the next level, we're trying to teach you that you're going to have to play with a certain amount of desperation to survive 
anywhere. You got aspirations going to the NBA. You want to play conservatively or you want to play like you're, I don't know, you're pacing yourself. You will be in the G League overseas faster than you can blink. Period. And some guys can't learn that in real time. Like they have to, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then you get punched in the mouth. And for the staff, look, I think defensively there's things that you can switch. I think switch up. I think they're offensively. I think Brad Underwood's going to have to grab the reins a lot more than he probably wanted to this year. And think about that. You know, you win a couple championships back-to-back, and then you build this kind of self-sustaining culture. You got Trent Frazier, DeMonte. Like, guys know how things go. You can – because that's the best programs. That's Villanova. That's maybe that's not a good example after this year. But when yeah. Jay Wright was there, that's Villanova. Jay Wright isn't micromanaging every day in practice, right? The really, really good programs. When at Baylor, Scott Drew, when he's got Jared Butler and all these guys, he's not micromanaging every day at practice because the good teams that go far have the guys that hold each other accountable. Io did that. Trent did that. That's why this team won. So now to sit there and be like, okay, well, we'll see if we can do that again this year and pull that off. It's not working. Like he's gonna he's gonna have to that maybe that's more set plays. And when you run more set plays, you're easier to scout for, but at least you're trying to manufacture more higher quality looks. And we'll show it on the film. It's it's maddening because as much as much as these guys want to settle for threes, every time they went downhill, something good happened. Mm-hmm. Every time. It's a foul. It was a layup. Matthew Meyer gets downhill, has a point blank layup, and that's what frustrates you because it's just choices. I mean, it's things in the moment where there's you can do so much coaching, and there's a lot that that can change. But at some point out there, it's like shoot, settling for threes, mean one for fifteen from three. It's not doing things for us right now. Let's get downhill. Even if you get down, even if you know it won't manufacture a point blank layup, get downhill to generate something for somebody else. That's all. That's. Would you have more urgency if you're underwood? It's not like pick one or the other, right? Um, but your practice time is limited a little bit, so. Would, would you prioritize more switching up something on defense where, man, they have allowed over 1.1 points per possession to Maryland, Penn State, and now uh, Missouri, or would you would it be more in the half-court offense? I think you can make an argument for both. I think when your offense is struggling, at least when, you have, when you're pulling the right strings defensively, you can stay in a game even when your offense is struggling. So even if you want to make it ugly, muck it up, I mean, that – 2019-2020 team, I think 10 or 11 of their wins in Big Ten conference play out of the 13 they had were, you know, 70 or below was what their opponents were scoring. So if you say, hey, throw it all out. If we're not as good as we thought offensively, let's muck some things up defensively and see if we can just stay in the game. But the other argument you can make too on the other side of the ball is if we can manufacture higher quality looks, if we maybe micromanage a little bit more offensively, drop some set plays, then we can set our defense. Right now, the bad offense is leading to, leading to jailbreaks. It's leading to guys that are mismatched, guys that are giving up threes in transition. So chicken or the egg, right? I, I mean, you could both probably need to have tinkering on each end. But I'll be that's what I'm going to be fascinated to see is, you know, what gets overhauled if something gets overhauled and what's the chain reaction? How does it impact this team?
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mike, what's happened to the, the two returners that were playing pretty well? Coleman Hawkins... Uh, last four games, all in single digits, but defensively, he's not making as big of an impact and turning the ball over a lot. And then RJ Melendez, I think he's hurt. Uh, that shoulder obviously was injured, but he's playing, and so he must be clear and all that. So those two have just been not much <laughs> the last couple games. So what do you think is going on there? Yeah, you can't disappear the the way that they do at times. And I, I wouldn't even say that Coleman disappears because it's it, – it's very apparent when he's loose with the ball and turning it over. And I think whatever happened in the beginning of the season to now, and he was still turning the ball over. He looks like he's processing a lot. Yeah. He looks like he's thinking a lot. And for him, when you think you become less of an athlete, when you think you become less skilled, that's just what happens. That's whatever you want to call it. Paralysis by analysis. And look, it's, it's, I think he is so worked up at times Right, like he gets frustrated, and we'll show that on the film. There's certain things that I think he can obviously improve just from a, a demeanor standpoint. But we talk about these guys being even keel, and I mentioned earlier in the season I really like that about this team. But at some point, man, like there's got to be a little bit of fire in there, right? Like you can you can go off the rails a little bit if you do it in a measured way. And for for RJ, yeah, maybe maybe there's something to being banged up there was one play in particular in the game where you know I liked it he was kind of I think he may have thrown up a, a tough shot that got blocked but he sprinted his butt off all the way down and contested it almost got it off the glass like ran ahead of four of his teammates like he's showing effort in in different ways but the standing offensively and his length and I talk about it, it's probably annoying to hear time and time again but his athleticism his you know his quickness like he should be a better cutter he should and it's it's hard to keep talking about it but he's got to find ways to put himself in better positions offensively and and just be a guy that flies around like their cuts uh, across the board their cuts are at 50 to 75 percent like they're not cutting to make scoring cuts they're cutting to just kind of cut through and go to a different side of the court and it's not moving the offense and I think all of them are blamed for that but for them they know the standard. Like they've been a part of winning in this conference. They know it. And part of it, like it's it's easy to just throw that on them, be like, you guys know this. But when you're thinking about yourself, which is, man, I've waited my turn. Right? RJ Melendez, not a lot of minutes last year, showed some flashes. Ah man, this is I am seizing this opportunity. Right? It's my time. Coleman. 
minutes here and there, came on late last year. Oh, man, this is it. This is for me. Like, I'm about to take off. You have to manage that, man. Like, you have to manage. What's good for you? Is it within the confines of the team? Because if it's not, you got a problem. Because if it's not, you're going to look worse than you probably are. And I I think any any guy that wants to go to the next level, if if you ask the guys in this team, I think a lot of them think that they will or want to or have those aspirations. And I can't fault them for that. But what's always going to be required, I always go back to guys like Garrett Temple. I've mentioned it before on this podcast. Garrett Temple, what has he played? 10, 12 years in the NBA? Go back and look at his LSU stats. You'll be like, what? But the guy guards? He knocks down open shots? Like, it is not a production thing that gets you to the next level. It never is. Certain guys, sure. But for other guys that want to claw their way to the next level, man... Look at Io. I mean, you could argue that Io could have had this sense of self where it's like, man, I was arguably Big Ten player of the year, 20-plus a game, triple doubles. Man, I'm the point guard for the Bulls. Like, that's what I do. And it's all hustle. It's all it is for him now. And that's why he's winning, mm-hmm. right? That's why he's helping winning. I know the Bulls are floundering a little right. bit, but it's not because of Io DeSumo. Right. He's, he's doing what he can to help that team. And, man, if I'm one of these guys watching at Senate, Illinois, like, the same goes for you. You do what's required in these these front offices, teams in the next level. Like, I want that guy, man. I don't want the guy that's just when it's when it's good for him. Right. When things are going well, when it's comfortable. Because not a lot's going to be comfortable at the next level. There's a lot of reality checks at the next level, and those guys will realize that. Yeah, let's bring that up with Terrence Shannon. Um, you know, Terrence, when things are going well, man, it, it's it's real good. It's real good. He's got to lift his team. Like he he yeah. had a good second half. I liked the demeanor. You said get angry, show some fire. I thought he showed some fire in the second half, but it didn't matter by that point. So like I just I need like that's his next step, and he's never had to do it at this level. But you know he's got to show that he can lift his teammates and be that leader. Like he's a great he can be a great player. But I, I don't think Matthew Meyer is that. Matthew Meyer's going to score when, when you need him to score, and he helped them early. But Terrence Shannon, I, I've seen at least some flashes of that, Mike, where I want more of it. It's like, now if you want to be that all-Big Ten player, you want to be that first-round draft pick, people know you can shoot every once in a while. People know you're athletic, and you can guard when you want to. Like, But just taking it to the next level with all those intangible things, I think, is is his next step. Yeah, and he possesses it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no question. I mean, when, when you see the glimpses, right, when he gets it going, when he's not kind of conserving and pacing himself. And part of that, too, you're talking about a guy that's had injury problems. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I look, I've been in locker rooms with different guys that they want to play. And it's like you want to play so bad that you end up – and I'm not saying this is what Terrence is doing, but I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be shocked if it's the case where, like, I want to stay on the floor and I can't stay on the floor if I'm injured, so I'm just going to kind of pick my spots. And – LeBron can do that, right? LeBron can do that to get his way through an 82-game season. Right. But you you cannot try to project out to the future in real time. Like, you just have to – every possession, man, every possession, you have to challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to, to give it everything you have. And I think that – I do. Like, Terrence cares. I do think he cares. Absolutely. There's no question. 
but the you know the effort on the glass against UCLA. I mean, is it because of the eight for nine? Like he did. I, I know he went off from three in the second half, but like you get ten boards in the first half. Like you you have to try to mesh this all together because the reality for Terrence at the next level, you know what if it's you know if it's the NBA is like, man, if you're a late first second round pick, odds are you're going to a good team, and you may be an eighth ninth tenth guy. And there's plenty of players out there who are willing to give consistent effort and go in there and play. And and I think he has an opportunity right now moving forward to kind of develop that identity. Because I think he does have it in him. I, I know he has it in him. Yeah. And I think he's going to see his play become more consistent when he gives that consistent level of effort. And some guys try it. Like I, I, had, I had teammates in the past that tried it. Right, Things are going well for me. So how can I kind of you know, manage here, mm-hmm. right? How can I find the perfect balance of giving 75% effort while still getting the production that I, that I want. And it just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. And, and sometimes guys need to learn that. And sometimes they learn it the hard way. Yeah. Uh, you could see there's a silver lining. say there's a silver lining that maybe 12 games into the season, these guys learn that, but you're, you know, kind of, you got a fork in the road right now, man. Like you, you're going home, guys go home for Christmas and, yeah, you know, I I lived through that. I I've seen it. I've been in those locker rooms where guys come back and one of two ways, they're a little bit more have a little bit more of an attitude in a bad way. Friends, parents, people get in your ear. Oh man, you're this guy's playing over you. That guy's man. This coach is doing that. Like you hear it all the time. And then there's guys that come back a little more inspired. And if you got if they got the right people in their circle, they're like, man, you're BSing, bro. Your BS, figure it out. Like if you want, forget, forget your future. Like it's now, man. It's right now. It's every possession. It's practice. And look, I've seen it too in practice where there's a certain level of effort. Guys are doing what's required of them in practice, and in the game, it's like I got my own agenda. Yeah. And that can frustrate a staff too. And I'm not saying that's what's happening. What's going on? Could be. Yeah. I don't know. But Terrence is capable, more than capable, and he's shown it. It's just, it's just delivering that consistently. Are we seeing the downside, at least for this little stretch of time, Mike, of freshman guards? Because we, we knew at some point having freshmen, true freshman guards could hurt you. Um, yeah. and, and Sky Clark has had some up, his ups and downs. I don't worry too much about his jump shot, uh, but certainly getting to the rim and finishing at the rim has been an issue for him. Defense has been the biggest issue, it feels like, for him. Uh, and then Jay Neps had a good second half, but it was it was a little too late. So what, what do you make of the, the freshman guards right now as they – they get into this day after day, Mike, of having scouting and playing against high major opponents. Yeah, Sky's more of a point guard than Jaden is, but they're both combos. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think if you're going to be a combo, even if you're going to be a combo, like forget the the point guard aspect of it, if you're going to be a combo guard. You, pardon my French, like you got to get your ass in the paint. I know we we talked about Andre Corbello. I know he drove us all crazy, but. Damn it, he got in the paint. I actually posed the question to a, another reporter the other day. Does this team miss Andre Capello? And I know yeah, and I, I know you and I are not the ones that should be doing that, people rolling their eyes listening to us. But the, the only reason I said it is because they need somebody to, to break down a defense in the half court. And yeah. he could do it. It was wild. It was crazy. It's kind of like what Coleman's going through. But they, they need that. They need a guard who can penetrate and do it consistently. Yeah, and look, again, I keep using the word capable. Both of them are capable of it. Right, it's the difference between settling for you know picking picking the ball up at 15 feet 
when you drive down to the elbow and picking the ball up at seven feet. Now you get you pick the ball up at fifteen feet, you won't get as many eyes on you as you do when you get you know pick it up at seven six feet, get into the hole, jump stop, and I I've noticed this just with Sky and, and Jaden, and it's not their fault because it's what most freshmen do. When you know freshmen will always follow the lead most times of whatever's going on around them. And what I've seen more out of Sky and Jane, Jane did this already, um, just because that's kind of how he's wired. But I'm seeing more from Sky going rogue a little bit, and it's coincided a little bit with other guys going rogue hmm. and just kind of taking shots that he didn't take earlier in the season. And I know we wanted to be more assertive, but it's like it's almost like you get into this like my turn thing, and I think he's getting sucked into that a little bit, and and that's that's hurting them. Uh, and it's not just him, right? It's 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 hurting the collective because everyone's doing it to a degree. And I think that's a trust thing. These guys just have to trust each other more, right? Like, you know, if you don't get the ball for five possessions straight, it's fine. Like, it's fine. As long as we're doing the right things offensively. The problem is when guys start seeing, oh, man, he just – my turn. Let me, let me try to go. And, look, I think they'll – we knew there was going to be peaks and valleys with them. And it was going to come at different times. It happens to be in the middle of this storm that's going on right at this Mizzou game. I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll settle in. Um, but it, but it's what you always experience with freshmen. Uh, there's there's just there's high highs and there's really low lows. And I think they're, both of them are equipped to to deal with that. It's just you know the the things that are going on around them have to change as well for them in order for them to kind of lift their own games. Is this team, like at a crossroads? Do you think it is? Like, is this a big point of the season? We've seen Underwood teams come back from this kind of stuff. I always want to reference that. This is certainly a concerning part of the season right now. Um, but the other teams had some veterans that have been through this. Right. Um, that's the question now. Is, is Matthew Meyer, Terrence Shannon, are those guys able to get Illinois through this? Yeah, no, I think I think they, all, they can. The The difference in, in years past is – the amount what's up the the amount of you know you talk about it veteran leadership um you know trent was able to help weather that storm and um demonte in, in ways and i'm looking at luke goody on the bench right luke goody's standing there on the bench and you know the the ball goes out of bounds down by their bench and luke goody is the only guy yelling that there's six seconds left in the shot clock you could see him he was yelling six yeah. seconds six seconds and he's a guy that, that huddles guys up, brings guys together. Like, I think they need him. I do too. They need him in, in a lot of ways, and I think he's going to help them. But what's different is, you know, Trent was a guy that could lead them in production as well. And, you know, I think Luke Goody, because he does all the right things, he can probably command some of that. But if, I think you asked me after the Alabama A&M game if this team was at a crossroads. And, I, you know, no, because I now it's a little bit different. You go into bragging rights and you get your butt kicked. I know it was twenty one or twenty two, whatever it is. It was worse. That was a thirty ball. Like that was that got up to thirty five in the second half. A couple things late, cut it to almost twenty. Like you got some soul searching to do, and you got to you got to figure out who you want to be. Because the reality is, whether it's for Coleman if he's gone after this year, Terrence going to be gone, Matthew Meyer is going to be gone. What's the incentive for them? Right, they could just say, "Man, let's finish out these games," and I'm on to bigger and better things. Right. So, how do you manage that? Like, you got you got to have some maturity to you, and understand like, what do we have in the moment? What do we have? Like, human nature is going to be like, "Ah, oh, man, this is uncomfortable. 
this is tough. Do I really have to fight through all this? That's what you got to decide. And for a lot of those guys, that should that shouldn't even creep into their minds. But look, most people haven't been in the position to go make millions of dollars That's after right. the season. So, who are you going to be? And I think I think these next couple of weeks are going to say a lot. It's a great way to end it, Michael Tulip. Uh, Bethune Cookman coming up. Probably not going to learn a lot, but you want to see. Uh, some urgency and, and the effort piece of this team, uh, especially. And then Big Ten play starts. And at Northwestern, ain't easy. None of these are, are going to be easy for this team coming up. Going to be interesting to see how they respond and how Brad Underwood responds as well. Michael Toop, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Great stuff, as always, from Michael Toop. And it, it's nice to hear from a, a former player who also says, hey, that performance or lack thereof was alarming um, because it was. Doesn't mean Illinois can't fix these things. Uh, but there certainly are issues uh, with Illinois basketball right now, and we'll see how they respond. We'll see how Brad Underwood responds as well. Uh, Joey Wagner and I hoping to get on our flight to Tampa on Tuesday night. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Southwest has been a little bit of a mess, but we are on our way to Tampa at least one way or the other, planes, trains, or automobiles. Uh, we will find a way to get down there as Illinois arrived in Tampa on Monday night. Uh, so we'll get down there, cover a little bit of uh, all the media availability we can, all the events that we can. It should be a nice warm week down in Tampa. Uh, but Illinois is still looking for a quarterback as Hudson Card commits to Purdue. Ryan Walters, Corey Patterson, and Kevin Kane, and the rest of the former Illini staffers who are now at that staff. That's a big get for Purdue. Really good player. I uh, thought he would have been a great fit in uh, Illinois' system with Barry Lunny. He's got a high floor. We know he's a really good uh, Power 5 starter already. Just happened to play for a program in Texas that had a former number one overall prospect in Quinn Ewers and an incoming number one overall prospect in Arch Manning. But he can play. Uh, he, he can play. And uh, he's an impressive player. So Illinois has got to deal with defending him. But Illinois still has some options. We'll see if they can land Luke Altmeyer from Ole Miss. And there's still some good quarterbacks kind of sitting there in the portal. I, I see Brennan Armstrong is still available. Spencer Sanders, uh, who's at Oklahoma State. Uh, I believe it's still available. So um, those are just names I'm throwing out there of, of some talent that's still there and a very few Power 5 programs. So I think Illinois still gets a an improvement at the quarterback position based on what they have on the roster already. Um, whether they can get another Tommy DeVito or someone as effective as him remains to be seen, but we should find out in the next couple of weeks where that goes. All right, that's all I got for you today. Thanks for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Thanks to Michael Tewitt for joining us as always. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and check out IlliniInquirer.com for all the latest on Illinois athletics. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.